The scripture reading today is from Isaiah 4 through 9. The Lord God has given me a tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning, he awakens, awakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. The Lord has opened my ear, and I will not be rebellious. I will not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me, and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. The Lord God help, the Lord God helps me, therefore I have not been disgraced. Therefore I have set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me, who will declare me guilty. All of them will wear out like a garment, and the moth will eat them up. The word of the Lord. Thank you so much. Uh, Trini's just one of the greatest, isn't she? Woo! All right, everybody, my name is Steve. And uh, welcome to those of you who are new at Genesis. We love you. We love that you're here. Uh, and to those of you who are not new at Genesis, we love you. We love that you're here. Uh, before I dive into the talk, uh, some exciting things that are coming down the pike. Next Sunday is Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, people. Uh, he will be risen. Amen? Amen. And uh, so 9.30 and 11, please uh, feel free to come to one of those, invite uh, a friend to one of those. And then after Easter, we are a church who uh, follows the Revised Common Lectionary, which means, as you all know, that we follow this three-year-long cycle of passages. We're in year A right now. Uh, but uh, for several months now, uh, the leaders have been talking about uh, taking a short, doing something different for the season of Eastertide, seven weeks. And so what we're going to do is we're going to go through uh, the seven days of creation as a tool for spiritual formation. Day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, day six, day seven, all from Genesis 1. We're going to look at it uh, as if it has something to teach us about our new beginnings. Amen? All right. Man, that was really mediocre. Uh, that was mediocre. Uh, I wrote a book about that, and I've been really, sh <laughs> you got, well, those of you who knew, and I've been very shy, actually, to teach out of it here. Um, you laugh as if I, I was being serious right there, actually. I've never taught out of that book, so I'm going to do it. Uh, we're not going to make a big deal out of it, because I, 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 it's not about really um, that, but it is about, we are moving into turning three as a church, and that means some very significant things. One, it means that uh, we are saying goodbye to our financial support that people have so generously given us from the outside, and we're going to be self-sustaining as a church. Uh, so that, that's a big new beginning for us, and uh, so that's fun. Uh, down the pike, we no doubt, sooner rather than later, will be moving to a different location. We don't know where that is yet, uh, but we are praying and looking and looking for God's guidance. So that is a significant new beginning. We've talked about church planting, like sending one of us out as a, actually a senior pastor and several of you out as church plant people. That is going to happen sooner rather than later. So we got a lot going on, don't we? 
Well, we started a church that was dedicated to uh, joining God's work of cultivating new beginnings in all of us, everywhere. And that's not poetry, that's actual uh, reality for us. So let's be praying together as a church in the face of these really fun, exciting, wonderful new beginnings. And let's pray now as we dive into Palm Sunday. God, thank you. for your word, for your thoughts, for your guidance in our lives. Lead us as a church, and we will follow wherever it is that you lead. Amen? Amen. The Lord has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with the word. Morning by morning, he wakens, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. This is what the prophet Isaiah says. Now, uh, at Genesis, we do all play questions, which are questions designed to hear the voice of the chorus, not just the solo. So here's a question. Names are really important in the scriptures. What does Isaiah mean? Anybody know? Nope. Good try, though, Joe. This one actually has an answer. Yahweh is salvation or salvation of God. So we have this prophet that's speaking to the culture and that culture is under exile, as in exile and they're under oppression. So to hear the words from the person whose name is Yahweh is salvation, people are not thinking about salvation in terms of this esoteric heaven when we die kind of place. People are thinking about salvation as it relates to being oppressed right here and right now, living in exile, having your home destroyed, ripped away from you, and wanting someone to speak a word of hope, someone to give a word that sustains the weary. Now, the weary in this text are the children of Israel. And again, they have been uh, under... uh, all kinds of oppression from the Babylonians, from the Assyrians, and now from the Romans. And so we have Isaiah. This, in this text, in, in chapter 50, the servant is speaking, and the servant is receiving a message from God, and his tongue has to be skillful in sustaining those who are weary. So we have to look at what's the message that he needs to hear How does this voice sustain the weary? Who are the weary ones and who is the servant? So on Palm Sunday, Jesus rides into Jerusalem on a donkey, not a war horse. A donkey because he's a different kind of king that's proclaiming a different kind of message to a city that has all kinds of corruption happening, religiously, economically, and socially. So when he's climbing the hill up into Jerusalem, Jesus has stayed away from this place for a long time because he knew his message would incite uh, the kind of uh, retribution that eventually will kill him. So what we see in Isaiah 50 is kind of the journals of Jesus. And if you follow along the lectionary, the Liturgy of the Passion, you also read Psalm 31, which I want to read to you, verses 9 through 16. And this can be seen as, I think, a kind of journal on the night before that Jesus enters into Jerusalem. So enter into that reality as if Jesus broke out pen and paper. And he says this, Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. 
My eye wastes away from grief, my soul and body also, for my life is spent with sorrow and my years with sighing. My strength fails because of my misery and my bones waste away. I am the scorn of all my adversaries, a horror to my neighbors, an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I have passed out of my mind like one who is dead. I have become like a broken vessel, for I hear the whispering of many, terror all around as they scheme together against me, as they plot to take my life. But I trust in you, O Lord. I say you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine upon your servant. Save me in your steadfast love. So uh, here's an all play question. What goes on in your mind as you imagine Jesus journaling that way? What goes on in your mind as you imagine Jesus thinking those thoughts and journaling those words? Never ascribe that much humanity to Jesus. Exactly. Thanks, Aaron. Typically, we think of Jesus marching into Jerusalem. He's a robot. He knows exactly what's going to happen. He's fine. He's happy. He's joyful. He's triumphant. He's the king. He knows what's going down. But if you think that he's actually living out this psalm, then you do see a remarkable humanity in him. What else? Oh, the burdens of knowing. Thanks, Dad. My dad right there. He's vulnerable, Joe. Exactly. What else? He's scared. Thank you. What else? Oh, man. That's my mom right there. He understands us when we have those kind of feelings, when we're marching into a situation uh, that leaves us feeling like we're in distress, our eyes waste away with grief. Uh, My life is spent with sorrow. I mean, you read that, and you're a little bit like, and that's a little over the top, right? But not for Jesus, who is marching into Jerusalem. He's feeling all these things for himself, but also because of the love that he feels for these people. Remember, he is the shepherd, and he's walking into Jerusalem, and his people have been oppressed by people who claim to be following Yahweh. So what the Romans did in the first century is they put religious leaders like Herod over Jerusalem And they paid him exorbitant amounts of money and gave him exorbitant uh, positions of power as long as he kept the Jewish people uh, following the rules of the Pax Romana. And so Jerusalem, or Judaism, was in bed with Rome. And into that reality, Jesus walks. And the servant is saying, the Lord God has given me the tongue of a teacher that I may know how to sustain the weary with a word. Morning by morning, he wakens me, wakens my ear to listen as those who are taught. So there's this rhythm that Isaiah says, this rhythm of waking up in the morning, hearing a word from God, and then going out and giving it away to people who are weary. So here is a confrontation 
and an invitation, but it's first a confrontation. Are we waking up in the morning with that kind of posture? Maybe you're a parent, maybe you're a teacher. Are you waking up and saying, I will open up my ears to listen as those who are taught? That's a humble posture. And that's what Jesus models for us. Amen? The servant's not greater than the teacher. So that's an invitation to me on Holy Week to say, how am I rising and saying, Lord, what do you have for me today? Amen? That's an invitation for us. And then we have to ask the question, who are the weary that the servant is talking about who needs sustaining? What is he telling them? Remember, he says, the Lord is gonna give me a word to sustain them. Who are the weary? That's an all play. We are, definitely. How else might you answer that question? Immigrants, Immigrants thank you, Joe. Who, who, who's weary these days? Everyone, yes. Who else? Those who are doing good. Thank you, Jenny. Parents. Amen. <laughs> who else? Say it again. Your coworkers. Thanks, Claire. Pastors. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> who else? Runners that are training for the Twin Cities Marathon. Thanks, Amber. Who else? Thank you, Verna. The oppressed. Who are the oppressed? Too many to count. The sick, the poor. One of the prayers we pray at dinner time at our house when we remember is, Lord, thank you for this food. And give food to those who are hungry and help us know our part to play in getting them that food. Well, the children of Israel have been in captivity from one empire to another for hundreds of years. Babylonians, Assyrians, and then Rome. So this is not just a word, you know, a word that sustains the weary, ladies and gentlemen, is not just, hey, God is in control. God's got this. Just keep praying. That's not a word that sustains the weary. A really weary person who's really being oppressed needs to hear a different word. And that's the kind of word that Jesus comes to bring when he walks into Jerusalem. What does he do? What's the first thing he does when he walks into Jerusalem? Anybody know? Matthew 21. Clears the temple. So there's a bunch of Matthew, uh, you know, Michael W. Smith CDs out there in the, in the front. And he's ticked off, man, because you're not supposed to sell Michael W. Smith CDs out in the front of the thing, right? In the front of the temple, man. Don't be doing that. <laughs> At the end of the clearing of the temple, he says, my, this is my house, this is my father's house, and it's supposed to be a house for all nations. 
that everybody can come and pray. Who wasn't allowed to come in? Gentiles. Who else? The poor. So a little family from the desert would make this long yearly trek to Jerusalem, and they would have this little lamb that they raised since this little baby, you know, little baby, cute little lamb. You pet the lamb, name it. Then they would bring that lamb all the way to Jerusalem. And the corrupt religious leaders of the time would inspect that lamb before that family could get in. And they would say, more times than not, this lamb is found to be not spotless enough. Which is bad news for you. You've just spent three weeks traveling with your whole family to Jerusalem to be, you know, to make your sacrifices so you're okay with God for another year. The good news is we're selling pre-certified spotless lambs in the back. And you can buy them. And, and, and we'll take yours, by the way, because it's spotless anyway. It's not gonna, you know, help you. And for a large price, you, you, you could, you could be, be okay with God. Jesus hears that, and he says, no, not in my house. So he overturns the tables. He is mad. He is angry. We're not seeing a gentle Jesus as he's overturning those tables and hearing the money clattering around on the floor. The word that sustains the weary that Jesus came to bring on Palm Sunday is that he came speaking an alternative reality which creates space, freedom, and energy. God is declaring that the power of the empire will go down, that it is God who governs and not the debilitating power of whatever empire is in charge. And the way of peace is not the way of power over. It's the way of a king marching into a city of violence and letting that violence undo him. Voluntarily laying down his life so that the corrupt religious, economic, and societal powers of the day would, 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 would be overturned. So uh, the staff and I, we were hanging out this week in North Minneapolis, and we met some of the people that worked for Youth Enterprise. Uh, you guys ever heard of Youth Enterprise? It's this really fabulous um, not-for-profit uh, that uh, helps students, male and female, from a variety of ethnic backgrounds achieve educational success and um, they do this by, it's, it's a business, they create t-shirts, right? And so they, they bring these kids in. Uh, the three kids we met were these three African-American boys, 14 through 17, and they teach them this trade. They teach them how to silkscreen t-shirts. And they spent, I don't know, 20 minutes telling us the process of how to get on the wheel. And the wheel is this six-pronged, like, heat press uh, where uh, you, know, you actually do the silk screening on, on the T-shirts. And it's this long process. And this one, this one guy who's, who's, who's a pastor, uh, he, he was telling us of the process that, that, that it takes. It takes a long time to learn to get trained on the wheel. And these three boys were just beaming, you know, because they were there and they were getting trained on the wheel. Uh, Youth Enterprise gives this stat that 27% of young black men uh, graduate from high school in Minneapolis. The whole city of Minneapolis has a 55% graduation rate. Uh, but God's in control, so you guys are fine. <laughs> and that's not okay. 
Youth Enterprise says. It's not okay. Now, I do believe God is in control, actually. But throwing out phrases like that when there's desperate need for help is not helpful. So as the staff, we're just learning from that, and we were just like, our hearts were just on fire. Because they're creating real new beginnings for people in real life. Um, They give people vision and a hope for the future. Youth Enterprise says our goal is that all of our youth know that they can make a valuable and positive contribution to the workforce, their families, schools, and communities, both local and global. You know what my favorite word is in that sentence? Our. Our youth. Here's an all play question, and you can hear the edge in my voice. Who are our youth? All the youth, ladies and gentlemen. Because they're Jesus' youth. I had a friend that used to work for Youth for Christ, and he met a mentor, and he told him, yeah, I work for Youth for Christ. And the mentor said, oh, man, I don't know too many youth that are for Christ, but I do know Christ that's for youth. (laughs) It wrecked this guy's whole paradigm. Man, we're going to be here till like one. <laughs> so Jesus marching into Jerusalem with a prophetic announcement. You guys think I'm kidding. I'm really not. Um, no, I, 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 I am kidding. Jesus is, thank you, Joe. Jesus is marching into Jerusalem with a prophetic announcement that the empire will fall and that he will rise up and that he will create a new world from the very foundations Verses five and six, the Lord, this is the servant speaking, the Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. The word for rebellious, mara, it comes from Numbers 20. We looked at it a couple weeks ago when the children of Israel and Moses struck the rock and they were rebellious, contentious, and and, and Moses said, you rebellious people. That same word, mara. I was not rebellious. I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out the beard. And I did not hide my face from insult and spitting. What do you hear? All play question. What do you hear when you hear that, that sentence? I did not turn backward. I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who pulled out my beard. And I didn't hide my face from insult and spitting. What do you hear in there? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Faithfulness. Strength to continue. Thanks, Greg. Choose to submit to suffering. Thank you. Endurance. Standing firm. Commitment. Obedience. Love. What, insanity? Totally, Doug. Come on. Now you're preaching. Graciousness. Thank you. Thank Jenny. Jenny, say it again. There's a firmness in knowing that I believe that it's a gentleness, but I believe that it is a firmness and it's a choice. Like, you know what? When people 
strip me on, people whip me on my back and put a crown of thorns on my head and pull out my beard. You know what? I'm choosing to let them. That's my choice. I lay down my life and I will, rise, I will raise it up again. He's not, a, he's not a victim here. He's standing up for victims. Amen? This is what Jesus is doing. This is our Savior, Amen. gang. And if that doesn't fire you up a little bit, then you need to get to know him more. So that kind of announcement is met with what? Hostility, resistance, physical abuse, social exclusion, and harassment. Verses seven through nine, the Lord God helps me though. Therefore, I've not been disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint and I know that I shall not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. Who will contend with me? Let us stand up together. And I think that, that thing, who will contend with me, double-edged, right? Meaning, who's gonna stand up to me? But also, who will contend with me? Amen? Who will stand beside me as I contend with the empire? That's what Jesus is saying here through Isaiah. Who are my adversaries? Let them confront me. It is the Lord God who helps me. Who will, decla- who will declare me guilty? All of them will wear out like a garment. The moth will eat them up. <laughs> this light and momentary trouble we read in the New Testament, this light and momentary trouble is far exceeded by the joy that I feel in marching into this city to save my people. And that's our Savior. Jesus is saying, you live in a religious environment that's in bed with Rome. It's the empire. The religious leaders have sold their souls for power, influence, and money, and they've abandoned you. But I'm here, Jesus says, to tell you that Yahweh will overthrow that empire and will govern with justice and mercy. You live in a socioeconomic environment, Jesus says, where you're oppressed, you're overtaxed, and there's no way out, and your kids are gonna inherit the same system. But I'm here to tell you that Yahweh will sustain you and will provide you with water in the desert and with hope where there is no hope, and that's coming through me, Jesus says, my person. And I will lead people that follow me into that way of life. Uh, We're a part of the Evangelical Covenant Church. Our president, Gary Walter, says this phrase over and over again. We're covenanters. We go where it's hard. So here's an all-play question. Who are the weary today? And what message do they need to hear? Refugees, thank you. Who else? The incarcerated, thank you. Who else? Syrians, who else? And I I wish I could translate that that (laughs) voice right there. Yes? I mean, can you guys all see the bunny ears right now? I mean, it's, please. Yes, go ahead. Exactly. It's like, There's so many, we can't even name them. 
But let's not forget teachers. Let's not forget parents. Let's not forget the poor. Let's not forget police officers. Let's not forget young African-American single moms. Let's not forget the people that are weary. On this Palm Sunday, we follow a person who goes where it's hard. The very message that gets Jesus killed is the very message that sustains the weary. That Yahweh is God. And that Yahweh fights for justice and mercy. And Yahweh leads people like us, ordinary, trembling, scared out of our minds. How do we play our part in this story kind of people? And to taking one step toward following the path that Jesus lays out for us. Psalm 31, we read this phrase, my times are in your hand. What would it be like if the people at Genesis Covenant Church um, lived that way? Lord, my times, they're in your hand. I don't know what's coming tomorrow. I don't know what's coming next year. I don't know where you're gonna lead me, but I'm telling you this, my times are in your hand. That'd be scary, wouldn't it? (laughs) But what's the alternative? You wanna keep scrolling through Facebook for the rest of your life? Man, that's no life. What would it be like if this community of ordinary people started to join the declaration of Jesus saying that there is a word that sustains the weary and it's a word of grace and mercy and justice. We can be a part of that story, gang. That's the story. So we're gonna move into 60 seconds of silence as we always do where we invite God to speak to us after which time I will lead us through the prayers of response. 60 seconds. Holy Spirit, come speak to us now.